What's going on guys, Austin here. And in this video, we are gonna be taking a look at the grades of every NFL team's draft. Uh, all the grades that I gave a B. So the lowest grade in the Bs, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had seven total picks, which is about what you'd expect with seven total rounds. Uh, they had four picks in the top 100 and the top 70 even. So very good numbers there. However, the Trayvon Walker pick is, is something that it started gaining steam in the final week leading up to the draft. It was going to be Aiden Hutchinson all between the, you know, the college football playoffs and the draft up until that final week when all of a sudden Trayvon Walker comes in and it's like, oh, he could be the first player taken. And it kind of took a lot of people from by surprise. And I didn't really like the pick. I would have gone with Kayvon Thibodeau if I were the Jaguars, but that's just me. Uh, now, they got a steal in Devin Lloyd at 27, who was the best overall linebacker in this draft. Not as much of a steal as the Eagles did in N'Kobe Dean, but Devin Lloyd at 27, I didn't think he was going to be able – I really didn't think he was going to be a pass the Chargers at 17. Uh, so being there at 27 kind of surprised me. They finally gave their quarterback uh, some protection – uh, with, you know, a draft pick at center at 65. You know how I feel about big men. They bust less. So it's it's okay waiting a little bit. But, um, you know, tagging tagging Cam Robinson, then signing him to a long-term deal, what, is that, what does that get you? It gets you the same offensive line you just had. So why, or why do you feel confident in your offensive line when it was the same bad one you just had? Um, and then they doubled down at linebacker uh, with Chad Mumo, which is – really interesting discussion. I wanted to put them lower. I really did. But when it comes to teams like, you know, the Bills who like they got Kair Alam and James Cook, but neither of those players are better than Trayvon Walker or Devin Lloyd, if we're being honest. So I, I can't in good conscience put them higher. It's just the Bills, I mean, over the Jaguars. I can't in good conscience drop the Jaguars. It's just the positional value the positional need was just it was bungled so terribly uh my next b selection with a b minus is the tennessee titans they traded away aj brown for picks 18 and 101 which it was an excellent trade uh, it was a lot better than the trade that the ravens got for marquise brown who has had similar stats to AJ Brown is, I mean, AJ Brown's a significantly better receiver, but he's, he's a little dinged up and a little inconsistent. So, uh, you know, trading, trading AJ Brown for a first round pick and a third round pick, excellent value right there. They took that first round pick and immediately selected a wide receiver to replace him. And if you guys remember Traylon Burks, my NFL comp for him was AJ Brown, like tit for tat. They're built incredibly similarly. At 35, they drafted the Auburn cornerback, Roger McCreary, who I had as one of the top 40 players, one of the slightly higher linebackers, um, but – or linebackers, cornerbacks, excuse me. Uh, but what this signals to me is that their first-round pick last year out of Virginia Tech, I think, Caleb Farley, is probably not going to pan out. Uh, he could have been the best cornerback in last year's draft, and last year had a stacked cornerback draft. I mean, we saw, you know, Asante Samuel and Patrick Sertain and J.C. Horn. I mean, great cornerbacks. He could have been the best if he wasn't so injury-prone. 
steps into the NFL, gets injured. Roger McCreary, I had him on the low end of these top cornerbacks, but if it's a positional need, which evidently it is, you got to go for it. Um, then, you know, we see they go for an offensive tackle, which they needed. Their offensive line was good, not great. Quarterback Malik Willis at 86. I feel like it's a good enough deal. I, th- I thought he was the second best quarterback in this draft, uh, which you're going to, you're going to think I'm crazy. I think he was the second best cornerback in this draft right behind Desmond Ritter. Very close, but getting him at 86, there's not a lot of players that you could have drafted at 86 that would start for the Tennessee Titans. Um, I, I think Nicobe Dean was the next pick. So him at 80, 86, I would have been equally as fine with that because he's an immediate impact starter. Uh, but this move for the future, Ryan Tannehill is probably not going to be on the team uh, following the 2022 season. So it's completely understandable. And then an interesting pick out pick 131, Hassan Haskins, who is, he's the strongest running back in this draft. All right. He came and he put, he put 27 reps on 225 uh, for the combine, which is more than a lot of like regular offensive tackles and defensive ends had done, had done. I don't know if it, I don't think it's a combine record for, for running backs, but if last year, you know, Derrick Henry being 28, if last year is any of a concern for him and his future, you know, I think they have a guy who can easily step in and fill in for him if he starts getting hurt a little bit more and more often. Nine total picks, pretty good positional value, and a really good steal in Hassan Haskins. Uh, next, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs, who 10 picks, four in the top 62, which that's really good. That That's four total first and second round picks. Uh, in the first round, they drafted Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis. Now, I'm a little nervous about George Karloftis. He had the pedigree and he had the he had the physical attributes, but his production dropped every single year that he was in college. And so, I'm a little concerned that you know he might have been a one hit wonder that just kind of lived off some cachet that he had built up. Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington, I thought he was going to go a lot higher than this. I, I had him going somewhere in the top 15, I think, somewhere between like 12 and 15. Uh, so at 21, perfectly understandable they'd go for him. Brian Cook, the safety out of Cincinnati, was another good player. I mean, Cincinnati's whole defensive backfield was really good. Um, and he's going to be replacing Tyron Matthew. So those are big shoes to fill. But now that you have Trent McDuffie to help, you know, those two guys added together are probably going to be worth just as much as – Tyron Matthew. And then Sky Moore, who he could be the steel wide receiver of the draft. You know, I mentioned um, Calvin Austin, I think his name was, um, that went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. At 54, Sky Moore is, I mean, the value here is really great. 10 overall picks, which is very good. Um, I would have had them a little bit higher if not for my trepidation on George Karloftis' NFL ability. Uh, my next B pick is the New Orleans Saints. This may be the highest draft grade I ever give a team who only has five draft picks because all three of them were in the top 50. Um, now they have they got Chris Olave and Trevor Penning, the guys who I thought were the probably the, in my opinion, the best and the 
fourth best offensive tackle, but I mean, offensive tackles, it's, I mean, if you're, if you're good, you're good. It doesn't really matter exactly how good. Uh, so they got their franchise left tackle and they have a guy that's going to go opposite Michael Thomas. The reason it's so high, this draft is so high is because of the positional fit. They have Marcus May and they have, um, we were just talking about him and they have Tyra Matthew at safety. And now they have Marshawn Lattimore and Alante Taylor at cornerback on the opposite side. So they're probably going to have a top seven secondary. They're going to have Chris Olave and Michael Thomas on the other side. And so now um, last year, their wide receiver one, whose name escapes me right now is going to all of a sudden become their wide receiver three. Their quarterback one last year is, you know, for most of the year, which was, um, can't even, I can't even think of his name. Jeez, this is doing me, this video is doing me dirty. Um, that white tight end guy that plays quarterback, but not very well. He's basically going to be their, their QB three this year. Um, and then they replaced Teron Armstead, their offensive tackle that left overall positional value. Fantastic. They're building for their chance to win as, as soon as possible. And if Jameis is as good as a number one overall pick would suggest that he could be, then they could very, very well end up winning the NFC South this year. You heard it here first. Seattle Seahawks, I gave a B plus. Uh, they had nine total picks and four in the top 100. This was a fantastic second round for them. Uh, Charles Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State, I, I, I was flip-flopping between him and Trevor Penning as my third highest graded offensive tackle. Um, I think, I think Charles has a little bit, has a little bit of developing to do. Trent, Trevor is a little bit more NFL ready, but maybe Charles has a higher upside, uh, but his size and physicality might somewhat limit that. So we'll see. Uh, but pick 40 and 41, fantastic picks for Seattle. Boye Mafe, the edge out of Minnesota, once we saw a run on defensive ends go in the early first round, you know, we saw three defensive ends go in the top five picks. You thought, okay, you know, we could end up seeing, you know, Jermaine Johnson go in the top 15, George Karloftis go by 18, Boye Mafe, David Ajabo all go in the first round. All right. Boye Mafe did not go in the first round and he fell all the way to 40. He is a 9.9 .9 out of 10 athlete. And as long as they can get the right coaching around him, he could end up being a serious problem uh, in the NFL for a long time. Kenneth Walker, the third at 41 is maybe not the best running back in the draft. That's probably Brees Hall, but Kenneth Walker does have the best home run in this draft for all running backs. I, he's such a Jonathan Taylor like, like guy where you feed him the ball and he's going to go, you know, three yards, four yards, you know, four yards, three yards. And then all of a sudden, if he gets that hole, that's big enough, he's going to give you a 70 yard run that nobody can stop. He's going to get past the defense. And as soon as he gets past the defensive line, nobody's catching him for Seattle. What they're planning on doing next year with Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, you know, Charles Cross handing the ball off a lot uh, from Drew Locke and then play action to guys like a DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. 
this offense could be this offense could be surprisingly good next year without uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, again, they doubled down on offensive line early on in the third round with Abraham Lucas, another offensive tackle out of Washington State, which means they've seen him a lot. And so I trust that he's going to end up being a guy that can probably play right tackle just as well um, as most, you know, left tackles play left tackle. It's, it, it's a great, great fit there. And then pick 109, Kobe Bryant. The reason why I think he might end up being better than at pick 109, the reason why I think he might be a steal is because Ahmad Gardner, who went fourth, fourth overall, was such a good cornerback, right? Such a good cornerback that when they played against teams like Notre Dame and Alabama, the coaches would tell their quarterback, don't throw at Ahmad Gardner throw the ball at Kobe Bryant, right? Which you might say, okay, well, if Kobe Bryant is getting the ball thrown at him on purpose, why, why would I think he's great? Well, you know, when you stand next to greatness, you're going to appear less because of it. And so there might've been a lot of times where the quarterback just threw the ball, threw the ball, threw the ball at Kobe Bryant more than you normally would in any other situation. I believe he's better than this pick 109 just because he had such a great cornerback on the other side of him. He could end up being a starter for Seattle in a defense that, you know, if you add Boyam off and Kobe Bryant could end up really slowly turning it around. This team was pretty bad last year overall. And I think they could end up being average this year with how great this draft was. The Atlanta Falcons, I'm giving a B plus. Uh, I loved their first pick of Drake London, who, you know, hopefully he really doesn't play much this year. Um, you know, just because of his injury and trying to, you know, come back from that. And they went heavy, heavy on defense after that. Arnold DeBecate, Troy Anderson, D'Angelo Malone, all, all front seven guys, edge guys. I mean, obviously, you know, Atlanta's defense was horrendous last year. But, I mean, they, they said, you know, we might, not, we might not have a great team, but we are going to have a great Pass rush. That front seven going to be unbelievably improved. Uh, they needed a wide receiver who, you know, Drake London was probably going to be the best wide receiver coming out of this draft up until he got hurt. And now uh, you've got a wide receiver duo coming into the 2023 season who can end up being really good in a healthy Drake London and a non-suspended Calvin Ridley. Uh, I, I believe I already said that Desmond Ritter was my favorite quarterback coming out of this draft. Now I'm a little nervous because I don't know if Atlanta was the best place and the best fit for him to go. Uh, if I were Desmond, I would have wanted to go to new Orleans. I think that was, would have been a perfect fit for him. Um, you know, he's to me, he's a skinny Jameis Winston, which that means if he can get his mind right. And if he can think through the game, the NFL game at its speed properly, get the right type of coaching, decent set of support. He could end up being a guy who it's like, wow, how did he not go first overall? Um, so overall, very, very good uh, top 100. They had five picks in the top 100, which so far is the most that we've seen. And three more picks after that. Uh, the Detroit Lions, who I gave a slightly higher grade than them. I went back and forth on this. Um, but I think that 
the star power of Aiden Hutchinson at two and how close Jamison Williams could potentially be to Drake London really weighs it. Kirby Joseph also was a safety who I thought was going to go a lot higher than this. Uh, but Aiden Hutchinson, who certainly wasn't my favorite defensive end, it was Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, but he's a guy who's going to, he's going to make a difference day one. He could easily end up winning defensive rookie of the year. Uh, although I have it, I'm predicting it going to somebody else. Uh, and then Jamison Williams, who as a part of this rebuild uh, that the Lions are going through, you think about the, the guys that they have, Khalif Raymond, Quintus Cephas, Josh Reynolds, who are all adequate number threes on whatever day they decide to be a number three. And then you can get uh, a, a solid two duo of Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DJ Shark, and then Jamison Williams coming in to be your number one. So last year, they went from going into the season, having one of the three worst wide receiver rooms to next year. I could, you know, if Jamison Williams was coming back healthy, so I guess, you know, all things considered end of the season, you want to say by the end of next season, I could potentially see this being a top 10 wide receiver room. I don't know much about uh, Josh Pascal, uh, the defensive end out of Kentucky, you know, Kentucky players, it's kind of weird, you know, seeing NFL players get drafted out of Kentucky. It always is. Um, but they had eight total picks. So there was four uh, between two and 97, and there was four more after overall, I think Brad Holmes is a pretty good GM and plus having, um, Oh, who's helping them. Jeez, I can't even think of his name. He was the guy that built the Kansas City Chiefs, and then he went on to build Cleveland. Ugh, it's crazy because I wanted the Lions to hire him at GM. Um, I'm going to think of his name, like, you know, another video or maybe even a couple slides later. But either way, I think they have a, a really good front office between those two and uh, also Chris Spielman. Overall, just slightly better than the Atlanta Falcons draft. Uh, and then my last B team is the New York football giants who had five top 100 picks and 11 picks total, which is just an incredible total haul. Um, they're picked five and seven. They picked Evan Neal, the most pro ready offensive tackle. And they picked Kayvon Thibodeau, the guy who is my best defensive end in this draft. Um, for those reasons alone, they're, you know, they're getting bumped up higher. I didn't like the one Dale Robinson pick because I think they already have too much attention going on their wide receiver room. They've got Kenny Galladay. They've got, you know, Sterling Shepard. They've got um, Kadarius Tony, who I hear could already become available. Um, I don't know if he's a bust or not, but it's weird to go wide receiver uh, again. Then they went up and went again for the offensive line, grabbing uh, Josh Izudu. And then, Cordell Flott out of LSU, a guy who I don't really know much about. But uh, again, the same factor between Ahmad Gardner and Kobe Bryant could be true between Derek Stingley and, and Cordell Flott, who you know both came out of LSU. So those are all my B grades. Let me know what you guys think of them. Was your team in here? Should they be higher? Do you think they're lower? Who's your favorite pick, not favorite pick? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Make sure to like and subscribe and stay up to date on all of our future content.